Where is it? Oh no, did it close at some point? Oh no, I didn't close it. Wait, there it is. Good evening. This is smooth, easy listening, made of fail 77. I'm Cleo. And I'm Emily. <laughs> you doing okay over there? No, I still got the giggles. <laughs> and, and you're listening to made of fail. <laughs> You know, it's it's interesting that we, we start out with, as my mother would put it, our tickle boxes turned over. That's that's a legitimate saying of hers from my childhood. Um, we were originally going to talk about conventions, generally. Uh, Emily has experience actually running them. She's been to a lot of them. I've been to one. It was a big one. Um, and I've also watched her run conventions and uh, nearly completely lose her mind. That was, wow, that was entertaining. So uh, she has done the North American Discworld convention behind the scenes stuff, and we'll get to that. And uh, Sir Terry Pratchett passed away earlier this month. I think it was March the 12th. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so if if there was an episode we had to have a, as sad a discussion as this i'm i'm glad it was this one because it it fits fairly well to you know we we can maybe give more time because we can connect these topics so uh where would you like to start yeah, well, I mean, you're right. It, we were already going to talk about conventions, and the way I got started in conventions was Discworld. And uh, obviously, I mean, I'm still super sad, you know, about Terry. We we all, I'm sure everybody who knew him or read him misses him, and I really miss him. Um, but I, uh, to, give, to give people a brief background who probably, some people already know, I met Terry in September of 2005. So I knew him almost 10 years um, before he passed away. And um, I got to know him because I loved the Discworld books and I was a fan and I <laughs> somehow volunteered myself to start trying to make a North American convention happen for Discworld fans. And I had no idea what I was doing and I'd never been to a fan convention. I was completely nuts. But, uh, but I, but I, you know, I, I got involved in it because I said, hey, if we did something like this, would you come to it? And Terry said, yes. And when your favorite author, who's, you know, at the time, favorite living author, says, yes, I'll come to the U.S. if you make me a convention. Not, not that he said it like that, but, you know, you're like, ooh, okay, somehow we'll make this go. So, um, so yeah, I, I actually got involved in convention running through Terry, and I was then privileged to get to know him for, you know, for uh, 10 years. And, and <laughs> if you don't know Terry's work, the Discworld series and its peripheral other things that he's written, and then some non-Discworld books like um, Nation and um, some of the Science of Discworld books and other stuff, you should go out and read it. He's amazing. He's so... I, I really think one of the only people that I personally have met who's an actual genius. Um, well, let me break in there. I actually have not. I have read Good Omens. 
So if you're going to walk into Discworld, where do you need to start with that? My friend uh, Jerry in college gave me a couple of books at a uh, Dirty Santa one year. He wanted to make sure I got them. And, he said, and one of them was Guards, Guards. Yeah, actually, that's one of my um, yeah. So well, so yeah, I I really like Guards Guards because it's the first um, City Watch book with Commander Vimes or Captain Vimes at the time, and um, it's a fun it's a fun one where there's you know a lot of action going on. There's a lot of good characters being introduced, and it's a, far enough along that he's moved away from the kind of straight parody of fantasy and genre fiction that he was doing in the very beginning to you know, more developed characters and everything like that. So that one I often give to people or recommend to people as a starter. Um, I started with Soul Music, which is um, one about the granddaughter of death. And it's it's a little shorter, actually, and it's very funny. And that got me into it. So that's another one. I also, I would say the Tiffany Aching series, while it's a young adult series, is just... Some of my favorite of his stuff, I just really like that whole... Uh, there's there's four of them now, and there's going to be the, the very last Discworld book, which is going to be right. published in the fall, is a Tiffany Aching book. Um, and my two favorite Discworld books of all time thus far are Wintersmith, which is the third Tiffany Aching book, and uh, Nightwatch, which is another uh, Vimes book. But... There's just so many of them. You can start anywhere. I would say read the blurb and say, hey, this sounds fun. Death goes to, you know, get, death goes on holiday, essentially. Hey, that sounds like my kind of book. And you, you know, you go from there. Or, oh, it's a police procedural. Because he writes all kinds of different stories into this one world. I want so. to say someone was telling me about a Phantom of the Opera Themed. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, Masquerade with a K. Masquerade. Right. And there was a vampire-themed... The, yes, uh, Carpe Jugulum. That's, <laughs> that's actually, what it was. That one, the, the Granny Weatherwax and the Witches books are a couple of some of my favorites. And Carpe Jugulum, actually, I uh, that's another really, really favorite of mine, which has some of my favorite quotes from all of his stuff. But there's so many, and they're so good. I'm like, don't make me choose. Um, no, but in, <laughs> in terms of giving people a gateway, you know, yeah, if you hear... Yeah, totally. A genre that, you know, speaks to you, you know, that, that might be a good one to pick up. Yeah, there's the witches' books, there's the wizards' books, there's, which are actually different, even though it's like witches, wizards, they're different kinds of books. There's the police procedural type books, which is the City Watch series, there's the death ones, which have to do with death and his granddaughter and his, the fa his family and everything. There are just so many ways to get into it, and there's something for everyone, and it's, you know, it's... If you haven't read Discworld, it's fantasy, it's fun, it's got humor, but underneath it all, especially as the series goes on, there's a lot of really uh, insightful social commentary. It's, it's really, it's satire. So, Well, and what did Neil Gaiman say in his Guardian piece about how rage was beneath yeah, a lot of um, the humor? Like a righteous satirical... Yeah, the thing is, so okay, driven so kind of. Yeah, there's a lot of great tributes being uh, written about Terry or having having been written since he passed away, and we're collecting. Uh, Cleo is co collecting them in Storify because that's her awesome gig. Um, but well, yeah, I don't do Storify. That's that's your that's good for you. <laughs> I'm happy you do it because I don't have to. Um, but so there's a lot of really great things written about him, including Neil wrote something uh, for the forward of his, uh, Terry's last um, anthology 
uh, slip of the keyboard. And so there's a lot of write-ups of what Terry, you know, his, his accomplishments and everything. So I kind of want to talk about just Terry that I knew, you know, the Terry that I got to know. And, um, and Neil wrote the Terry that I got to know in his piece. And he was saying basically that, and he writes it much more eloquently than I'll say it now, but, but underneath Terry's, uh, you know, friendly carefulness that he exuded at the conventions and with fans, which was genuine. He loved, he loved his fans. He loved, you know, people enjoying Discworld. He loved to see that. But in writing the Discworld series and in his observations of the world, he could be very, you know, he was, he could be angry or impatient or, you know, disapproving, but it was of injustice. It was of, you know, uh, things that he didn't think were right. And so that underlies a lot of the storytelling that he does and his examination of what, you know, what, what could be if we are the people that he would like to see us be versus what is when people don't, you know, live up to a moral standard. And um, I just think, I don't know, he's, he's just such an amazing, he was such an amazing writer and... Uh, it, it came from that well of frustration and anger with things that he thought, you know, were, you know, like with stupidity, with, with unfairness, with, with mean-spiritedness and stuff like that. And so uh, that's really, that's really, that's really who he was in a way. But he was also the, the very, very funny, clever, clever, witty guy who loved to hang out and talk with the fans and, you know, read all kinds of insanely obscure factual historical books about sewer systems and you know all kinds of crazy stuff which all makes its way into the Discworld books and uh, you know and he would have conversations about stuff like that with with fans at conventions and just sit down at the pub or the you know the bar of the hotel or whatever and chat about like scientific discoveries and stuff and it is great um, he was always learning about stuff and wanting to like you know kind of incorporate it into his writing from everything that I observe talking to him and everything but um i feel like i'm just rambling on and the reason is because it's so hard to to talk about to talk about all of terry's awesomeness without feeling like you can't ever do him justice you know what what i got from uh neil's piece in the guardian the foreword was that just just my impression of terry over the years from his fans he kind of had this wise old elf quality. And I feel like what Neil was kind of interjecting was that his personality was a lot deeper and stronger than that. that there was that, more yeah. to it than that. That's absolutely right. Um, and, and you know, the thing is he was all of the above. He wasn't being fake when he was at the conventions enjoying himself. But I think, you know, you see, so if I was to go in front of a crowd and stand on stage, I'm different than if I'm hanging out with a couple of people somewhere. So yeah, I, there was there was a lot to his um, to his character that people might not have seen who were, you know, uh, seeing him on stage or something like that, and <laughs> you know, they're just I don't know. It's weird because obviously I'm really sad that after the newest, the Shepherd's Crown, which is the last book, which will be published, um, we hear in the fall sometime. Um, aside from the fact that we're not going to get more Terry Pratchett books, which is you know infinitely sad on its own. It's so strange because, as with anybody that you knew, it's like all the the kind of little things that I, you know, I think, oh, I'm, I'm never gonna 
you know, share a bowl of edamame with him again. I'm never gonna, you know, walk alongside him and be like, what is he humming as we walk along here? Because he, he would do that. He would hum when we walked places. And I, I, would, I would try to pick it out. And I think he was humming God Save the Queen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that, you know. And, and, and I was like, what is he? What is that? I don't even know. And uh, I think I had to ask him because I didn't recognize it. But, you know, that kind of thing. So I guess weirdly you know it's things like um when i was when i was getting to know him and someone had said to me well he doesn't you know he doesn't really like hugging that much or something like that and then we you know we were talking and it was time for me to go and he was like well well you can have a hug and he gave me a hug and i was like oh that's just the you know the sweetest thing and yet it was it still had that little bit of terry humor to it a little bit i don't know it was just <laughs> everything he did it was this mix of there's a lot of heart in it, but on top of that, there was this, you know, like, sly observation of the world and this humor and it all wrapped together. And yeah, he was very, you know, there was a lot to him, <laughs> obviously. Well, tell me about the character in the book. Oh, the, the characters. Uh, yeah, so, so uh, one thing that was great about Terry was that um, he did things that I never expected. Uh, when I got into things like convention running and Discworld Con running, I got into it for, you know, for, for fun and for making a thing for the fans to go to and everything like that. But these little things would, would come along and, and, you know, he'd do these little things and it was so, it was so nice. Um, one thing that he did is he, he named a couple of different characters after me in the books. So, and I didn't know, I didn't know. So the first one... This is great, actually. My friend Erica, who you know because you guys stayed together at Dragon She Con. was my roommate. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Erica, um, Erica has been my, had been my con roommate at all the Discworld cons that we both went to together. She went to at least one that I couldn't attend, but um, we were always roommates. And then we were roommates at Dragon Con, and so we've, you know, we've roommated a lot and hung out. And we went to, we were uh, in London. We traveled a little bit in London together and stayed at a like hostel together and stuff. And so we were at the, um, was it the 2010 con, I guess it would have been, or 2008? Oh, why don't I, we were at the con where um, Snuff had been written and was not yet published. And that, that was, that's uh, one of the Captain Vimes books. And what they do at these cons, uh, for the Discworld cons, is have what they call bedtime stories. And it's like before, you know, it's like later in the evening, and they'll read bits from the upcoming not yet published stuff so you get to hear something you know that that no that you haven't heard yet and it's kind of fun and uh terry would do it and then as he couldn't because of the alzheimer's rob would do it his assistant and so erica and i were sitting there at the con and listening to this bit of snuff and all of a sudden we heard my name like they read that bit out on stage and we heard my name and both of our heads went like you know when a dog like hears a noise and their head the head goes whoop you know, like both of our heads like went, what, what? And then we looked at each other and we were like, could it be? And so, <laughs> why did, you know, nobody, they didn't say anything to me ahead of time. And so afterwards I, I was at the, the bar or whatever with Terry and I said to him, I was like, so I heard this when you guys were reading on stage. And I was like, dare I ask? And he was like, you can claim it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and so he, so he named this character after me. It's in the, the kind of Pride and Prejudice uh, type uh, little bit of snuff. And there's one, there's a character named, one of the six daughters is named Emily. And then um, again, 
I didn't know, but uh, Raising Steam, which was the, the last one that came out, the last fiction uh, Discworld book that came out, um, there's a character who's the, the niece of Harry King. Uh, it's hard to get into all the backstory of that, but the niece of Harry King and the main protagonist of Raising Steam uh, likes her, you know, and it, so they, they end up, quote-unquote, walking out together. And her name is Emily, and she has blonde hair and is training to be a lawyer and never gets dirty, which is the part that actually amuses me the most because I am very fussy about not getting dirty. <laughs> so, like, not overly so, but I don't, you know, I, I'm, I, I guess I'm a little precise about stuff like that. So I, again, I didn't know about it ahead of time, but uh, I got a huge kick out of that. And, and, you know, and he knew I would. He knew I would. So that, that kind of stuff is just... You know, it's just the kind of thing that Terry, hugely successful author, you know, fans all over the world, and yet he would go ahead and do something like that just because, you know, he knew I'd get a kick out of it and be happy about it or something. That's the kind of person he was, too, you know? So, it makes me happy. <laughs> anyway. I think that's... that's uh what I really got out of so many of the immediate reactions on Twitter that, I mean, people were just on, on the floor. That's the most upset I've seen people about a celebrity passing oh, in yeah. months. And we had some, some really tough ones last year. So it, it was up there with some of the toughest ones last year. But what they talked about was how happy his books had made them, how they grew up on his sense of humor and satire and justice. And so much of what I saw on Tumblr was sort of along the lines of, you taught me how to be a person. You taught me how to have human decency. You know, as a, as a reader, I learned so much from just your point of view on the world. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, so I, I wrote a thing for comic mix, so we'll link it um, about Terry which has a lot of the links to the tributes, and then Cleo's putting uh, them in Storify, too. But uh, that's the thing I, I did. I wrote in that, and it's true, I think, for, you know, all of his fans. He, you know, his books make you stop and think about the world. They make you question things. They make you consider, oh, you know, are you, are you being a good person? Are you, th- is this, you know, is this the way you want to be? And that is a huge contribution because... I think his, you know, his sense of morality uh, and and treating people well is, you know, very strong and right. So it's great that so many people, you know, have gotten that out of it. And and maybe it's, you know, I mean, I really do think that Terry made the world a better place through his writing. And then later on, you know, when he got diagnosed with Alzheimer's and he campaigned for, you know, awareness about Alzheimer's, he just always was you know, he was, he's always made the world a better place. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's also just the, the silly stuff. To, to be, you know, like we've said, there's a lot to him, but I'll tell you also just, like, goofy stuff that was totally also part of his personality, like uh, his last birthday or a couple of birthdays ago, you know, I would, send, I would send a birthday text and I would wish him a happy birthday, usually with a picture of something because I'm a little silly. So I, I wrote out a little, you know, happy birthday Terry on a piece of paper and I got my hamster, um, who they'd seen pictures of before. At the time it was Izzy, who's not with us anymore, sadly. And I got her out and I had her on my hand and there was a picture where she's looking down at the little, you know, happy birthday Terry. 
And I sent him a text and I was like, happy birthday from me and Izzy. And I got a text back from him and Rob, his assistant, that says, thank you. And we think you're a little bit mad. (laughs) (laughs) Which is totally true. But, you know, the thing is, he didn't, he he wasn't saying it to make me feel bad. He accepted my craziness. It was, you know, he accepted people for people. And that's, that's part of what also made him great. So. (laughs) I I think people underestimate the value of, silliness quite honestly and uh humor so i I, I totally i agree it's it's not a small gift really to the world it's not it's i i think it made people as happy as as anything i mean i mean it's stuff like that that keeps you going when you're having a bad day or you're sick or you're tired or you're you know something's gone wrong in your life you can escape for a little while but fortunately for his books, you know, you can escape and they're fun, but you're not escaping with no substance. That's the great part. There's substance, but also fun. So it's like having a beach book that's also a, a you know, a heavy text at the same time, <laughs> which is what's awesome about his writing. Um, but uh, anyway, so I've, I've gone on for a while about Terry and uh, we could talk about con running a little bit, I guess. Now. I was about to say, tell me about, well, my my first experience with conventions was yeah. when <laughs> you would come stay for a couple of days or so before you'd move on to what would it be Atlanta? Uh, you'd be going to Dragon Con. You'd yeah, swing through for Birmingham. Con. Yeah, yeah. You'd swing through Birmingham on your way to Atlanta for Dragon Con, and, and we'd have kind of like a, a staycation at a so hotel pretty near my house because I was like, I want to get out of the house, you know. We need to, I, we, we I want a to vacation too. I have fondness for that little hotel. That we had, those were so much fun. <laughs> it, it's in a loft. Yeah. I, I really like that. It's very simple. I, I like the loft. And I, I remember the first time you came to visit, you had a netbook with you. Yeah. And we, I, I basically had to like pull that thing out of your hands and like put a pillow over your head and be like sleep and like it you were you were run ragged and i remember (laughs) dana texted me something to the effect of i'm sending her on the way she's on her way to you because you you visited dana in new orleans first that time and she said i'm i'm sending her to you now you have to make sure that she eats and she sleeps okay you have to make sure i'm sending her to you now and george (laughs) called you a hummingbird Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So, first of all, you can't see me, but right now I'm both laughing and I have my hands over my face in shame. Because what happened was, this was during the 2011 Discworld convention run-up. And um, to make a long story short, 2009 was the first Discworld con. I co-founded it with two other people, and then we brought in another, you know, bunch of people um, to help run it. And everybody did a wonderful job, but I and two other people were the main foundation people. And in that con... I was the vice chair, the webmaster, the social media person, the program coordinator, last minute, one month before the con, and uh, that's another story in itself, and um, then I ended up being co-guest liaison coordinator and guest liaison for Terry half the time as well, so it was this crazy, I think that's all the things I did, I don't even know anymore, so it was this crazy, crazy thing, and I loved it, but it was a lot of work, and after, you know, like, so much work and time doing it because it took us four years to get to the 2009 con. So I was planning with other people for four years and then we did the con and then there was the aftermath of the con where you're recovering. And so uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, somebody else can work on this stuff because I can't, I can't spare all the time for it. And so I was on the group that helped decide where the next con would be. 
and we did a very extensive bidding process and Madison, Wisconsin won. And then unfortunately through a series of events, um, uh, several of the people who were on the original ConCom that you know we had given the bid to dropped out. So <laughs> one month before the 2011 con, Terry called me up and he said that he had heard the convention. Uh, you know what? I, it's all water under the bridge now. I'm just going to say he, he told me that he had heard from a source that the convention was going down in flames. And <laughs> so I, at, this, at this point, I had been pulled back into uh, co-guest liaison coordinate and be, and be Terry's guest liaison because they had requested that. And I was totally fine with that. I was happy to do it. But uh, one month out, I learned this. And long story short, I ended up becoming the chair of the con uh, on the advice of several people who said, you know, we need, we need this to be, we need you to do this, basically. <laughs> so I did. So before all of that happened, I had been planning to just be guest liaison co-coordinator and guest liaison for Terry and go to the con. So I had, I think, six costumes in the works that were only three-fourths done each at the most. I had, because uh, I like to costume, and for Discworld, that's where I really got into costuming and like to do it. So I had that. I had a trip planned that included staying with Dana and Carl and George um, in New Orleans, and staying with you, and staying, um, and then going to, what was the next step? I went to uh, Indiana for my cousin's wedding, and then to Chicago, where I stayed with Kevin for one night, and then on to the con. So this that was, was your to be, it was supposed to be your a whirlwind tour. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was supposed to be a vacation. And I planned it all and paid for it all. Like, you know, I booked all my flights and stuff. And then I, I had to take over the con. And so I, I worked most of this travel. And so I, I was I was already crazy before I got off the plane in New Orleans, because for two days before that, I had not slept more than like four hours. And I remember distinctly, um, I had to call on people to help me finish my costumes and people happily helped me like find last minute items to complete them and said they would bring them to the con, bless them all. Um, and I was walking through this like kind of flea market thing that's in the near my house and going, oh my gosh, I don't have these items. And it was literally like the day before I was leaving on my trip and I had had no sleep for like 24 hours and it was hot and I was walking around and I was trying to find things in the market. I think I was delirious. <laughs> and so I got off the plane in New Orleans after all of that and packing and flying and had to pack for the wedding and the con. And I mean, it was insane. And I met Dana and George and George then some short time after that was like, she's like a hummingbird. <laughs> Which I, I, I honestly made me laugh, so but yeah, I was I was pretty crazy and, and unfortunately you had to, you know, go through that with me because I was on my quote unquote vacation. And I remember I went to the gym at the hotel. Do you remember that? You did. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever gone to a hotel gym, but I was so wired. <laughs> that I had to do something. I was like, you, you do that. I'll, <laughs> I was like, I remember we were talking and I was like, I'll sleep on the floor. I was insane. You were, I, I seem to recall you were doing a, you were sewing on a cheerleader Deadpool costume. Oh God. No, that was the, that was the, that was the other staycation. That was the one. Was it? Yeah. Okay. The two blurred together. I'm pretty sure we visited the palace cat. Oh yes. Yes. 
yes, that was Ivanka. That, that was, the, uh, that was the, the Harley Quinn costume that I was sewing on. That was before Dragon. That's, that's what that was. That's what it was. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yes, yeah, so, that, so that was your introduction to conventions. Why did you ever want to go to it, like basically I took Emily on an eating tour of Birmingham, which is basically what I'll do if anybody comes and visits because we've got great food here and not a whole lot to look at. So, you know, Statue of Vulcan, I don't think you really want to look at. But the garden it, was it, nice. The botanical garden was nice. I like that. That's right. We did go there. Yeah. Um, and the zoo for the other time. Not, zoo. Not the, yeah, that was the other time. I know at least, <laughs> at least once. Um and we watched Prometheus with giant cookies. Oh that story we keeps coming up. We went and made soap. We went and made soap. That was amazing. That we was did not, make that soap. Was on the other trip. That was not on the cookie with, trip, but with Bree and Donna. Yeah. Uh, and I gave it to everybody for Christmas, and they loved it. <laughs> and oh what did we? I just made you sleep at at some point. <laughs> yeah. It was mostly just my my mom and I would just take you eating because otherwise you wouldn't have. We ended oh up God. at my favorite Chinese restaurant Aren't that my mom had closed, gone to right? for years. And the lady yeah. who knew my mom by, like, first names was like, well, today is our last day in business ever. We're closing tomorrow. And we were like, what? It was a good restaurant. I liked it. I was glad we made it to the last day or whatever. I, I really liked their Mongolian beef. I'm re- I haven't found a Chinese restaurant. I like to replace it. It makes Aww, me so sad. That is sad. So, so that was the... Uh, <laughs> Convention. It, it, I just remember that that netbook. Oh just, God. Yeah, you couldn't get me away from it. I I remember sitting at the desk and you were like barely awake, and I was on my computer again checking my emails because I mean there were like thousands of emails coming in about the con, and I had to sort through. Oh my God, it was so so. Basically, though, for several years before that, I had been saying, Cleo, if you go to a con, go to Dragon Con. Because I can go and we can go together and it'll be fun and it's really interesting and it's if you're going to experience a con, that's a huge con, so it's you know maybe a little intimidating, but it's really fun. So, tell us so, about Dragon Con. <laughs> well, to me, like, it's in Atlanta, which I'm in Birmingham. That, to me, is like, I can do that because that's close enough that it's not going to cost me a million billion dollars exactly. to take planes over there. Here, here's my thing. I'm afraid of planes. I'm not afraid of flying. I'm afraid of them losing my luggage. That is my great abiding fear of planes, the luggage. It's not it's not the flying. I've actually been on a total of six flights in my entire life. They all were for a trip, a school trip to get me to Cuba. That's the only time I've ever left the country. <laughs> Cuba. So uh, the only time I left the house after that, 2001 was I went to New Orleans to visit. I didn't know Dana at this point. I went and stayed for a weekend with a college friend of mine. And so that was New Orleans and I guess 2005. And I had not left the city of Birmingham since then. So, and I had taken the train to New Orleans. So I was like, that was like a seven hour trip. I was fine. Atlanta, four hours, $30. Sure. Okay. Right. You know, for four well, hours, that's, that's worth like, the money. Come to that one. Cause you can go and we could go. And I just wanted to have fun with you too, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was, uh, Damien, who is Wolven on Twitter Yay. had said, we, we had started talking about, you know, the show Hannibal and some of the movies, and we both have a, a deep affection for uh, Silence of the Lambs. We talked about that on Twitter a few times. And he said, I'm putting together an academic panel. Would you like to be on it with me? And I went, oh, okay, convention. Oh, I've never been to a, hmm. 
but once he got the go ahead to do it, that was the weekend I called you and said, okay, what are we going to do? And I had train tickets and a room with Erica by the time we finished the conversation. Dude, we figured it out. I can make things happen. We (laughs) did. I can help you make things happen. (laughs) It it fell into place really, really quickly once we had the go-ahead for it. Yeah. So at that point, it turned into um, Damien saying there's also a Hannibal fan panel, which a a panable is actually the official panel they have at San Diego Comic-Con, which they ought to be having in a couple of months, I guess. That's when the show runners and the actors troop on down, and they have the official panel. So we couldn't call it, to my great chagrin, we could not call it the Hannibal Fanable Panable. <laughs> but that is what we wanted. And so uh, Damien and I got onto an existing fan panel, and God bless them for having us join them. And then he and I had an academic panel, the original idea, late one Sunday night. So I was like, I'll just come into town Thursday night and leave Tuesday morning. Okay. You know, splitting a room with Erica. Well, she's there anyway. That's the way to do it for Dragon Con. So, like, here I am having never been to a convention, and I just, like, I just did the whole thing all at once. And we'll talk about this at the end. But, like, I read up on what to expect. I was packed as fuck. I Wait, have you know, pictures of this. Oh, you, yeah. I regret nothing. I packed. I'll, I'll tell the you. Only I, thing, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, the only thing I regret is that I didn't bring enough Febreze. <laughs> and Airborne. And Airborne, probably. Airborne um. is bullshit. I found this out <laughs> because a college friend of mine is a proofreader copywriter and she proofread the settlement in which airborne basically said, okay, yeah, we don't actually do much. Get zinc. Airborne is bullshit. Yeah. Sorry. Well, and also to be, honest, I got deathly ill. Even, so. even if you take all your zinc and everything, you're probably still going to wind up with con crud. Cause it happens to everybody because you got tons of people packed in shaking hands and coughing on each other and whatever else hugging, you know, but, um, you know what I really loved about, uh, seeing you experience your first convention, was, I mean, you were like, yeah, okay, now we're going to do the thing. And I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. But I was also a little nervous because I was like, I hope she has a good time. You know, like, because I had been telling you, I want you to come to this convention. And then you were like, yeah, I'm going to come to the convention. I've been encouraging you. And I was like, what if she comes and she hates it and has a terrible time, (laughs) you know? But you just, like, dove in once you decided you were going to come. Like, okay, so one of the things I like about when you write on, you know, on your journal about specific, like when you were doing, when you were doing Barney the Vampire, you get really into it, you know, no matter what it is, if you're interested, you get really into it. And as soon as you decided you were going to do the con, you got to the con and you were like, I'm just going to do it. And you were just so, it was so great. I was like, Oh, she's having such a great time. This is, this is awesome. So I I still have, I still have my, uh, projected schedule on my journal and it's hilarious because it's basically this list of things I didn't get to go do. Well, I mean, which which we all, we all, that's how everybody, I do the same thing and I I mean, I think I probably told you that at the time and I still put things on the schedule and then you never get to them. (laughs) I, I was super fortunate though because I met some really great people and this is the story I love telling and okay, so Friday uh, I meet up with Anne, who I've known on Live Journal maybe even a little bit longer than I've known you. I had just never met her in person. So she walks me over to whatever hotel the badges, the badge pickup was. 
and I nearly died on the hill upwards from that. And she managed to drag me to the Peachtree Center, the mall, and we managed to get something to eat. And we walked around and looked at some stuff for a while. I think this is when I went to the vendors and I met Beth at Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab. That was, I was so excited to meet her. That was so great. So we, we parted ways and I have to get to my table signing. And I was there to sign for, uh, the Athena's Daughters anthology that I had a black ribbon story in and you, you know, revised that with me and so you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know, yes. That's a great yes. story. I love that story. Thank you. But, however, you know, that's the first bit of the black ribbon, you know, I won't say mythos, but, you know, I haven't finished the novel yet. So that's the first bit of those characters anybody really got to see. And it's in that book. And so I'm sitting down with, and I'm looking at my my notes now, Jean Marie Ward, who was super, super awesome and was like a con veteran and was telling me all of these like secret tunnels to take from the mall over to the one of the hotels. And so I had her telling me all of the, you know, Oh, yeah, she's, she's really great. I've, the, I've known her the life hacks. Yeah. yeah oh, she was so much fun. Times, so. so I've already been walking around all day, having a good time. But Autumn, was it Autumn Fredrickson and Mark Dos Santos were who donated table space to us, to the Athena's Daughters writers. And there were several table signings that weekend, and I signed up for that one and for a, a second one. I could not find it. I could not find it. They told me... Oh, my God. They, what did they tell me? Look for Pop Artist Alley. Pop. Not comics. No, you know where this is going because you've uh-huh. heard me tell the story. Pop Artist Alley. Grand Hall East. And I'm like, okay. So I'm wandering around, and I see something about art, art show. I'm like, well, it says not comics. Okay. I go in. I wander around. I don't see the numbering isn't even anywhere near T81 or whatever my table was. It's not even the same format. And I'm wandering around helplessly as the clock ticks ever closer to my table signing. Finally, I go out and I wander around again in kind of the ante room. I try to go back in and I ask the girl, the volunteer with the yellow lanyard at the front, you know, she very chirpily is like, hi, welcome to the art show. How can I help you? And I said, okay, I, I have a signing and I can't find my table. And, you know, is there, can you even tell me what direction it might be in? And she just stares at me blankly for like three seconds and then turns to the next person and says, hi, welcome to the art show. And I was like, get out, just get out, get out. Okay, fine. So around this time, I just... I just give up. I lose my will to con. I, <laughs> I just, okay. It's getting on like what? Five o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. And I was just like, okay, look, I'm going to sit down. Th- that's the thing I loved about this convention. I don't know if this is true of uh, many conventions, all of them, none of them. Everybody would just sit around on the, on the floor, on the yeah, carpets. It, it, it kind of is because at some point everybody gives out. Like even, I mean, they at some of the, like New York Comic Con, there are certain spots where you can kind of sit for a while and then people will shoo you out of, of the corners. But yeah, every con that's got places where you have to walk big amounts of space, which is everywhere, you see people sitting on the floor. <laughs> I've done I it. Really, I've done it. <laughs> I really appreciated that. And because there were music performances out in, you know, kind of that, 
outer room, mm-hmm. it was encouraged for people to kind of sit and listen. And so that's fine. So I went and sat by the ladies' room just on the floor. And I'm sitting here just, I, I don't know. Like, I cannot figure out where to go. Like, the fabric of reality will not allow me to get to my table signing. I have run out of things to do. I'm sitting here listening to an Elvish cover of In Your Eyes outside a ladies' room. And I just, I don't know. And I just get on Twitter and I'm like, guys, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm done. I, I, help. It's Friday. I'm already lost. I don't know what to do. So Ashley who is uh, mitigated text on Twitter. Right. We had talked a little bit about con preparations before, and she was like, I'm at your table. I'm like, I'm not at my table. Where's my table? So she comes out and, like, finds me in this labyrinth of posters and tables and artwork and leads me back to the comics and pop art alley. (laughs) And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Art, Okay. So that's why I couldn't they for some reason they told us the wrong it just was not even how you would get there. So she takes me out to my table. And uh what's funny too is that I when you said I'm sitting outside the ladies room and everything I know exactly where you were too. Yeah, you know. Did you did you te- I don't think you texted me or maybe I was in interviews I might have been. I don't remember but anyway, yeah. I I tried to call Autumn, and she didn't have any reception. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I was bad in that area. I think I didn't text you because I knew you couldn't help me. So I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew you couldn't run over and come save me. So I yeah. was like, so I just put out, you know, an APB on, on Twitter. Somebody, please come help me. I have lost my will to con. So I managed to – Autumn and Mark let us stay a little bit later, you know, so I could – kind of sit there the full hour and people came and found me and I gave away a few movies and 15 minutes books. I managed to scrounge up, I think five and uh, I had my paddle crime pins and my business cards, you know, kind of out on the table. And I think by the second day, the second time I had a signing, it, it was just by myself and I ended up helping to hand sell art because I was just sitting there. So people would come up to me and I was on Mark's side and they'd ask me about Mark's art. And I got to a point where I was like, well, it's one for 20 and it's two for 30. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm here. No, I'm I've, I've done that before. I've, I've watched tables for artist friends and stuff. They're just like, oh my God, I just have to go get food or go to the bathroom or something. And I've sold stuff for them before. Cause I mean, you know, they, they people need a break sometimes and whatever. Or well, they were so, they were so popular that they were standing right next to me. They were there the whole time. Yeah. I was just taking care of the overflow crowd at that point. <laughs> so they were super, super nice. And that was really great. That's so cool. that was my first day of wandering around and having no idea what to do. And I drank eight bottles of water, a, probably a Coke at lunch, and a couple of vitamin waters. And not to give you too much information, but did not go to the bathroom once. <laughs> I sweated I, it. Anybody, all anybody out. who's been to Dragon Con is probably not shocked by this disclosure, to be honest. So, <laughs> people who did not go were shocked. People who did go understood yeah. my the struggle is real. So it's mm-hmm. it's Atlanta, and it, the weather was just the same as in Birmingham. But see, in Birmingham, we have air conditioning. Yeah, it is really hot in Atlanta at that time of year, usually, and, like, going on the streets is the worst, especially if you're wearing a costume. Like, oh, like, the, when I did do the Harley Quinn costume that I was sewing when you were talking about that before, 
it has like a vinyl underbust corset and I went outside to do the photo shoot for the um, heroes and villains like DC heroes and villains and we had to stand on this on these stairs outside for 15 minutes that was it and I'd only been wearing the costume for like a couple of hours I went inside and I was like I cannot do this anymore I'm taking this off right now and changing clothes <laughs> it was so awful you know since you mentioned the street I had wow this was I knew Saturday was going to be busy yeah like like I knew I knew this so I I left for my Fanable Panable like an hour early and all I had to do was get to the hill from the Hilton through the Marriott cross the street to the Westin like I'm providing a map with the Storify it's really like in the best of conditions like a 10 minute walk maybe 15 it took me an hour yeah. to get like a couple of blocks and I was just full of murder it was it was awful it was like at one o'clock in the afternoon, I think. So it's the middle of the day and there's just mundanes wandering the streets, staring at all of the costumes with small children underfoot. And I was like, I'm going to kill all of you. I'm going to slay you all. And your children. I hate everything. I'm going to kill you with your children. I'm going to pick your children up and beat you to death with them. Get out of my way. Walk. I, I remember God damn it. I saw you... Um... We, I don't know, we have been different places and we met up at some point. I saw you in this murderous phase at some point, and it was both very amusing and slightly frightening. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I mean, if I have a Saturday panel ever again, I hope I do. I will leave at 8 in the morning. I will sleep over in the building. <laughs> I will live there. We just live here now. Yes, on the that's, floor, that's in the bathroom. So, so I get to the Weston. And let me tell you, I w I've never been so glad to see an escalator in my entire life. And I walk up to the room, and there's a couple of people standing outside. And I knew I was in the right place, but I wanted to make sure I didn't just burst in because that was the kind of day I was having. So I said, hi, can you tell me what panel this is? And they're like, oh, it's Hannibal. And I'm like, that's great because I'm on it. And so I'm like charging down the middle of the room with like a huge target bag of gift bags and eyeshadow and buttons and giveaway stuff. And I'm just like, hi, I'm here. So there's Karen Taylor and Catherine Scully already sitting at the table. And I'm like, I, I walk in with like a huge target bag, a flower crown and murder in my eyes. And I'm just like, Hi, I'm Cleo, and I'm late. <laughs> like, oh my god! Like everybody's late at DragonCon. I mean, you shouldn't. You should try to be early if you're on a panel, obviously. But like, I I think I told you the story where I was uh, I was doing press interviews, and I had a uh, I was in the press conference for Jane Espenson, and uh, we were there for at least forty five minutes into the interview time, and she still hadn't made it there, and I had another interview booked with. Um, I know it was, oh, the John DiMaggio interview. I had an interview with John uh, right, like, back-to-back -back because he was leaving on a plane, and he had to go, and I really wanted to get that in. And so I was like, all right, I have to leave. And it was literally, like, I think 10 minutes left in the hour that she was supposed to be there. And I'm walking out of the press room, and Jane Espenson comes barreling up, just like you were probably, with, you know, like, all out of breath and everything. And she's like, which way is the press room? And I pointed her in that direction. She's like, I got stuck in the tunnel for an hour. 
<laughs> or in the you know in the walkway because it had started raining and everybody went into the walkways and poor Zane Espenson, along with the entirety of humanity, was stuck in there for like an hour. I think that was actually oh, one gosh. of like everybody was talking about. I think that was one of the worst times that that people got stuck. But I mean, so it's like it happens, you know. <laughs> well, I having lived through it once, I feel like I could fairly confidently get around that next time because I would know. Yeah, I would know. Just just live there. Just leave. <laughs> if I could, if we could get a room. In the Western or near the Western, if that's where they still have all the horror stuff this this year, I would love that. But they, they usually do. That's where the. I mean, it depends, but they do like horror stuff. And they do like Firefly and Buffy stuff and stuff like that over there. Yeah, um, everything I wanted to see was in the Western anyway. And like, let's list the panels I didn't get to go to. Like, I didn't get to go to Sleepy Hollow, Slenderman, Twilight Zone. Slenderman would have been creepy pasta. I'm not just like a Slenderman fan girl specifically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Penny Dreadful. I mean, there was all this stuff I wanted to go to, and like, it turned out like if it was not specifically an event I had to do a thing at. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to go. Well, I didn't get so. to go to any of your... I mean, I got to go to the meetup, which was cool. I got to go when we were all kind of just sitting out there on the floor for a while, and it was awesome. But I did not get to go to either of your panels, and I planned to. I want. I mean, one of them, I think, conflicted with something. But I wanted to go to at least one of your panels, and I didn't get to. And I was like, aww. Well, we didn't get to go to each other's, because I think we were scheduled kind of yeah, over each at, other at a little one bit. one of them overlapped with the one I was on. So, yeah, I was on a panel... Um, about genre journalism, like like reporting on conventions and reporting on genre stuff, and that was really cool. Um, it was probably a lot smaller crowd than Hannibal because you know it's not a fun, cool TV show. But there was a, a small crowd there, but I was thrilled anybody showed up. I was like, cool. There's some people who want to listen to me talk about journalism, and I'll go to any panel where people want me to talk. That's awesome, you know. <laughs> But actually, it was really cool. The other panelists were really interesting. And I liked the, you know, like, I really liked the audience questions. Because I went in there having tried to prepare some and at least have a couple of things to talk about if I needed to. And I ended up not talking about any of that stuff and just answering questions with the other panelists. And that was way better, like, you know, than whatever I had kind of put on my radar to be like, okay, if there's a dead space, we can talk about this, you know. But, um, but yeah, that was really cool. But, yeah, we conflicted on at least one of them. And then I think your other one was, um, was it, oh, was that during the room party? It might have been during the room party. I think it was. It because was, I, yeah. It was, like, a, at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, it was so late, and we had already, we'd already decided to do a room party, and that was, like, the only time we could do it. And we were, like, yeah, so and we were so far away that I couldn't go to your panel and then do the party. But Which, I mean, I, I was completely happy to but i i was driven i was like no i and you you saw me i had my shoulder bag and it was kind of that khaki color uh-huh and i had a plastic portfolio folder and i had two scripts that the that freddie had you know managed to get for us the production was very gracious and and let us have a couple mm-hmm. and signed scripts and i guarded those things like a secret service agent, I like practically slept on them. Well, I will I, tell you, I I did see you, and ladies and gentlemen, it was like she was going to war. So, <laughs> I mean, I was I was to, I I went full golem. It was it was terrible, and like I took them with me everywhere I went because I didn't want to leave them in the room. I like no, they had to be with me at all times. So I was like, no. Freddie and I were so super anxious about this. Freddie, who runs the Tattle Crime site and Tumblr, and. 
you know, I had so much stuff from her to give away, stickers and buttons and this beautiful artwork that Lauren Skaggs did for us. The Her username is the Tuxedos. Oh, my God. It's so gorgeous. If I can get it framed, I need to remember to do that. Gorgeous Red Dragon themed art. And so on top of that, I had the Aromaly eyeshadow to give away, full sets of the This Is My Design eyeshadow that we had been working on. Freddie and I had consulted with Kristen on on that. Yeah, those were I really had, cute. Like, she did them up in little gift... You, I mean, she, Cleo, did them up in little gift baskets that were really, really cute. You know, so. and I just, wow, I, I was sitting up the night before putting everything into... Because I didn't want to pack them. I wanted to pack all of the gift bags flat. I was going to assemble them when I got to the room. So I'm toting around these two super secret scripts that nobody else knew about. You did. I did. Well, I did, yes. I did and like, too. I think Erica did because, you know, and, and Freddie did, but like nobody, Damien did, but like nobody knew we didn't advertise that we were going to do this. Right. So. Which is, which I think that's better because it's fun. It's like a surprise, you know. Well, that was, I, I engaged in a little bit of theatricality there. We had the raffle at the end and uh, no, raffles are illegal in Georgia. We had a numbered <laughs> giveaway. That's true. Oh my gosh. I it's can't, not. Yeah. An illegal Georgia raffle. It oh was not. When, when you found out about that, I remember we both waxed poetic for a while about how hilarious that was that we couldn't, you couldn't do it as a raffle. <laughs> no, no. No, no. I, I have a picture of the, the standing room only. You know, apparently it was the largest capacity panel on the horror track, I think. Oh, wow. Cool. Which I, I want to make extremely clear. People were so happy to have anything to do with Hannibal there. They were so, so happy. They lined up for a 10 o'clock academic panel on a Sunday night. I mean, it was so, so much devotion there. People really, really were so happy to have meetups and we didn't have, uh, I, I understand now from having done the process, what we really need to do to make more people aware of them. But the, Saturday panel was great. I mean, I get in and it's just people back to the walls. Mm -hmm. So uh, we had all the stuff to give away. And Henry Hanks, who was our moderator, he did um, from uh, from CNN. No, wait, who am I thinking of? Sorry, different person. Ignore me. (laughs) Uh, I think his Twitter name is Hanks CNN. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Okay, so it is. That okay. is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's he, what I said. Henry Hanks from CNN. Okay, I'm not crazy. Okay. I'm not crazy. Sorry. I talked to him on Twitter or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Skype did something weird, right? As you said that, and I didn't hear it correctly, ah. and I was like, I have, I have no idea what you just said. That's cool. So that's we are talking about the same person. Yeah, he was super great. I mean, he kept the giveaway just going. So awesome. Freddie was like, no, take pictures of everybody. And I'm like, it's happening so fast. So there's this giant abominable snow beast. <laughs> okay. Like statue plush thing that I had everybody stand in front of, like on the side of the platform. I mean, it was just very like in the corner. Let me get pictures of the people with the scripts. I, I mean, I again, I think... Looking back, I think we did a really great job with the time, the advance notice, the resources that we had. But I also think, you know, I we were going to have Freddie call in. And if we ever get to do this again, you know, I hope we can get it together, get it approved in time that we can 
maybe get a better connection for her. I don't think people were able to hear her until Damien managed to get the connection at the very end. Uh, I hope you guys get to do it again. I mean, Hannibal is such a big thing still and again, and it's it's going, I mean, everybody's so psyched about the new season. I can't imagine why they wouldn't want to have some well, Hannibal stuff. Well, and they're about to go into the Red Dragon material, yeah. and <laughs> it should end, if there are no interruptions, the last episode, the finale, should be the week before Dragon Con. So everyone will be talking about that. Yeah, that'll it'll, be, like, perfect. It'll time. Now, please don't let there be any interruptions, because I, I cannot handle having trying to catch the show at a convention. I can't handle yeah. this. I will lock myself into my hotel room. We are We are watching this. Well, I mean, that's, but, that's, I'm pretty sure that everybody would understand. We'd probably lock in with you. Do We'll do a little watch in there with <laughs> snacks and drinks. <laughs> so, um, no, but we had such a great crowd and they asked such, like, there were no what's your favorite food type questions. <laughs> I mean, it was like, what about this subplot with Alana and what about the Margot subplot? I mean, they were here to talk. Yeah. They had questions. They wanted some discussion. Everybody was super, super serious about it in, in the best way. That's awesome. And so what was, okay. So what was it since you hadn't been on a panel before? What was, what did it feel like? I mean, the Hannibal stuff, but also just being on a panel. What was it like for you? The one time I was nervous was when I did the academic panel with Damien because it was just the two of us. And I looked out over a room, which was a good half, more than half filled. And I just suddenly, I guess because it was just the two of us, I looked over out at the room and was like, oh, shit. I'm I'm about to do this. Hmm." Which is so funny because the day before we'd had a crowd of more than 220 people mm-hmm. but i was at a table with three or four other people depending on when damien was able to run in and out yeah. i wish he'd been at the table more but we had the the connection problem he was you know valiantly trying to fix oh. god bless and so you know um i i think i've been on so many podcasts particularly <laughs> this one as a, as yes <laughs> And had been on a matter of taste, which is, you know, very horror and specifically Hannibal themed with, you know, Ian and Theo. I was very used to coming up with something to say. I'm not doing a real good job right now. I was. (laughs) Well, it's kind of late. (laughs) We are kind of tired. I was used to coming up with something to say in the flow of a conversation that was already happening. And you kind of talk each o- over each other on podcasts because you can't see that somebody's about to open their mouth. When you can see that in a room, it's a lot easier. Yeah. So I I went in there on my best podcast behavior, and I was like, okay, if a question, if you're, we're all going to in a row answer the question, concentrate, answer in a sentence or two, finish it, <laughs> hand it off to somebody else go like don't be one of those don't be one of those panelists yeah no it's, it's don't hard be to that do. guy it's hard to it's hard to like that's actually something that i was also conscious of when i was on i've only been on a couple of panels i've been on a costuming panel at the Discworld con in 2013 as well as the dragon con one i mentioned and it's like yeah you want to like you want to say your piece but you don't want to be hogging the you've only got like an hour usually or something like that so if there's yeah. four i think we had five people on the costuming panel you know it's like 
Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like, give everybody else a chance. And I mean, I was interested in hearing what they had to say anyway, because all of us had different styles of how we costumed, you know? So it was like, it was pretty... Oh, Esther was on... Esther Friesner was on that one, who um, has been a guest of the Discworld Cons before and is a wonderful YA author and lovely, lovely person. And she is just so funny. So, you know, like, she had her own way of doing things, and then there was someone who specifically, like specialized in like finding stuff and changing it like refurbishing things my method of course is kind of buy a bunch of stuff put it together and make what you can't find (laughs) (laughs) like i mean it really you know everybody had their own style so it's like yeah but i wanted to hear what everybody else had to say and of course i'm sure the audience had the same feeling you know so anyway sorry Oh, but we, I was, I knew I had some unfinished train of thought and this is what it was. Uh, I handed the scripts out and I told everybody, I have been toting these around for like two days. Please, please take them. I'm so excited to give them away now. Freddie and I had talked about how, you know, we had various things we wanted to do and I wish she had been able to talk more. That's like my biggest regret, but we boiled it down to, if you get the scripts safely to people, that is all you have to do. As long as that happens, you are okay. Yeah. (laughs) This is your task. So I was so much more relaxed after I had accomplished this. But, you know, I don't know that people knew we were having giveaways. Maybe. I can't. I think we might have said so on Twitter. But I didn't tell them I had these. So they're sitting here going, okay, you've got some notebooks, a really cool pen. You've got some eyeshadow. Okay. And I said, oh. Yeah. have a couple of scripts you know i think this is what kevin calls troll cleo <laughs> troll, troll cleo is the best cleo i agree with so that I, I hold them up and i'm like you know let me see let me see who signed them oh a bunch of people signed them you know and i'm listing off the names and i'm like so we had uh lawrence fishburne and hugh dancy signed it caroline Deverna signed it Brian Fuller. So I, I pause and I'm, you know, and people are kind of excited about Hugh, you know, oh, okay. And I'm like, and they got mass. And they're just like, oh my God, there's this huge intake of breath. And I was like, what about Hugh, man? I know, right? What about, what about Hugh? What about him? <laughs> you weren't excited hilarious. enough. Okay. So, like, I think somebody cried when they won. Like, Aww. it was, it was amazing. People were so happy. So, They were so happy with those scripts. I can't even tell you. So, I mean, and and it was so great of them to to help us out with that. And people just enjoyed it so much. I just really hope that we're able to do something like that again. The uh, yeah, the academic panel was called. Let me scroll down in my notes here. I have an entry that I never finished that I will have out. When this uh, when the show goes up, Damien's panel was called Dream Logic and Murder Wizardry, nice. Psychology and Hannibal Lecter. So Damien's a professor. He's local to Atlanta. He was late because he got stuck in traffic. That's the other thing. So like he lives there and he was in traffic for an hour yeah. trying to get to it, it was it was an experience. So Sunday night, we're both there. He is deathly ill. He has come down with the con crud. <laughs> Already in advance. And so I'm I'm still on podcast mode where I'm like, okay, he is the one who knows about Jungian psychology. I know a little bit, read a little bit. Okay. 
So I'm going to let him lead, I'm thinking, and I'm going to, I've, I've thought of a few examples, a few points, but I'm going to jump off what he says, and it'll kind of go back and forth, I figure. He has a 20-minute lecture prepared. Oh, boy. And this is when I looked at over the crowd, and I went, oh. <laughs> so I'm about to do this. Okay. Good job. So... I, I hope he doesn't think I'm a terrible person because he said, you know, do you, I guess he kind of had a, a ladies first kind of impulse and said, you know, do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? And I said, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> he must have wanted to just, I don't even know. So because, as I've said before, because being on the podcast has trained me so well to uh, extemporize, I guess. I managed to take what he said and fold it into several examples I'd thought of for like 20, 25 minutes. Nice. I like made this up. I mean, I, I want you to know I, I put thought into it in advance, but it was kind of a I, – I, I brought a set of Legos in with me, and I wasn't sure what I was going to build till I got there. I, I think it turned out well. We had another crowd that really had great questions. I mean, super engaged for 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, wow. And I, I think I, I gave away everything I had left at that point. I had the swag box uh-huh. where I, I took the unused styrofoam coffee cups from our room. And I just put stickers and buttons. And I just passed around. I was like, please take it all. Just take it all. I'm. I don't want to take it home with me on a train. It's really please. heavy. It was. It it's was really, really heavy. heavy. I remember. It was I was like, like please. Oh, you were like, here, hold this for me for a minute, and I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? It's like this huge okay. bag of buttons and stuff. What is that? That was what I was carrying really? around for a weekend. I know, That's what that was. I know, because you're crazy. So okay. So, yeah. So I think we um we talked a lot about the panels, and I think I really hope they do more Hannibal panels. I think it's great, and I think it's great that the um. They like I. What I like about the Hannibal folks is that they're really interactive with their fans. I think it's great that they provided those scripts and everything. And I, I hope. I mean, it'd be so great if they could get some of the actual, you know, Hannibal people to come to DragonCon. Because why not? Um, but so overall, um, panel participation aside, like in a few in a few sentences, what other things did you really really like or not like about DragonCon? <sighs> This is not for lack of an answer. I'm I'm just sitting here oh, yeah. thinking. Uh, I I really enjoyed getting to meet up with people that I had you know talked to over the years or fairly you know Twitter. No matter whether it was recently or a long time before, um, like I really enjoyed getting to meet Anne after all of those years. Ashley came and rescued me. Uh-huh. We um, you know and I got to meet Beth and. A ton of people, like, came and found me. Okay, okay, someone gave me a tiny stuffed koala. Who were you? Aww. You gave it to me and you ran away. <laughs> you were nice. Please come back. Why like, did you run away? I feel like that's the great beginning of a story. You gave it to me and you ran away. <laughs> I mean, I there were so many great people. And they all offered me food. Koalas. Because oh, I, I, would, <laughs> I would sit there and say, guys, I, I've forgotten in the middle of a sentence what I was going to say because I haven't eaten in 24 hours. And, like, half the room, like, offered me a granola bar. And I was like, no, no, it's – I have I have food in my bag. <laughs> you just get so hot and dehydrated, you just don't want it. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've been – oh, my gosh. There was this one uh, – not to go too far off topic, but at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, I think it was this, this last one – 
I was at, I was at the um, I want to say oh it was the Kingsman press conference for Kingsman the Secret Service and I had been running around like a crazy person and my uh, this person I was sitting next to and I we were chatting b- between two press conferences and we ended up like splitting a granola bar because we were both really hungry but didn't weren't hungry enough for a whole granola bar because <laughs> we were so like exhausted and oh man and then I think. Um, the Marvel press conference the the same year, I think it was, I didn't have any food on me, and I was dying. I was, like, dying for something to eat. And somebody, one of the other press people who was sitting behind me, donated a granola bar to the cause, or, like, a, an energy <laughs> bar. I know, it was like they gave me their energy bar, and I was like, bless you with all the blessings, because I was so hungry. <laughs> oh, cons just, they, they wear you out, even if you're prepared for them. But... But at the very least, um, you and I are both, we, we both are over-preparers. So I know I have written uh, how to prepare for a Comic-Con, which we'll post on Storify. And then I know you were super prepared. So I don't know if you want to talk about that at all. But I, I was so prepared. In fact, there was, uh, I had the DragonCon app. I think this is where I got this list from, Pack a Survival Bag. And... I had multiple articles I was checking for stuff like this, but it was like a camera and or phone, batteries and a charger. There was like a $75 charger that I managed to get for 25 mm-hmm. And that thing kept my phone alive. Okay. When I – I had a panic attack. We had dinner. And then we went to go get drinks at what, that, that loft-type bar? Oh, wait. Which place was this? Are you talking about uh, the, um... it was the Marriott? It was in the Marriott. Oh yeah, yeah, the Pulse, the Pulse bar. Pulse, uh, the, well, yes. The loft of the Pulse, yeah, that it's yeah, <laughs> that bar. I know what I, you're talking about now. <laughs> I have this thing where, and this is particularly after a heavy meal. If you haven't eaten in a while, extremely loud noise is what I tend to have a panic attack about. And I just was like, I was so tired, I was so dehydrated, and then suddenly had food, all this loud noise, and I was like, I- I'm going back to the room, I'm done, I'm tapping out, I'm out. So, the Marriott is my nemesis, because it does not number its floors. Oh, I know. it's so annoying to get around there, it really is. Ugh. I could not find the bridge, and I think we'd also had drinks at dinner. Probably. That wasn't helping. That was not I'm helping. I'm sure we did because, yeah, I'm sure we did. <laughs> I, I mean, they don't number the floor, so you can't even, even if you remember the bridge is on XYZ floor, you don't know where that is in relation to the floor you're currently on. So you guys were at Pulse. You probably thought I'd gotten back to the room at that point. I'm circling the Marriott helplessly. Oh, I think, actually, I think up you're and right. Down the, floors. The, one, the, one, the one that's up there is called the loft, I think. The Pulse is the one with the big thing that comes up, the big lighted thing. I don't know how to describe any of this stuff but yeah the loft is the one we were at i think but oh. i hate the mary so much <laughs> i hate that hotel oh. i know it's where all the costume promenading is i hotel management you had one job <laughs> like what what are you thinking what was that so the the thing i i enjoyed about the panic attacks <laughs> was that i got through them Yay. and that is itself a very encouraging experience where you kind of go okay i sat down on the carpet you know like we were talking about and i i had i want to say it was lustration it was a a bee pal scent it was like kind of a lemony eucalyptus kind of scent i was like okay we're just gonna sit here with our phone charger because my phone was about to die i'm like okay but we got the phone charger we're gonna pull up the map on the dragon con app we are gonna figure out where the fuck we are so i sat there for like 10 or 15 minutes just trying to like just be chill okay we're going to calm down. 
we're going to make it back. I made it back. I just... Well, I mean, you the know, thing is, I, that building. I have been to Dragon Con now. Jesus. I think, I, I think I've been there, what, like, I think maybe four plus times now? At least four times. And I... It still takes me half a day to remember how to get through that hotel from one hotel to another. Like, it still takes me half a day to remember the up the escalators, down the escalators route to get to the other hotels. And I've been there several years running, so don't feel bad. (laughs) That one hotel, I just could not conquer it because they don't number the floors. Like, everywhere else, I could at least figure out where in the fabric of space-time I was. But with the Marriott, I just could not. And so... I know. It's nuts. It's nuts. uh, but I think I enjoyed staying in the Hilton. I, I, I like the, the Hilton. Hilton and I, nice. I love their executive level too, which is harder to get get a room in. But yeah, so I, that's the thing. Like the Westin has a lot of the stuff that um, is the tracks you might want to do. But I've never stayed in the Westin. I'm sure it's fine, but I like the Hilton too. I'm kind of partial to the Hilton. I like the Hilton, but then it's like the furthest you could get away from the West and that it isn't actually the hotel with the badges. Like, Oh, I liked the little marketplace cafe thing down at the, on the very bottom floor, because that's basically where I, I subsisted for a while. I got to a point where my entire diet was orange. (laughs) I was eating like an orange flavored vitamin water and two Reese's cups and I think it was like an almond granola bar that just happened to have an orange wrapper. Nice. And like that would be my food for the day. <laughs> like I just could not choke down anything more substantial than yeah. that. that. I mean, and that my, all the time with cons though because you're like running on adrenaline, you know? So Yeah. My, my triumphant victory meal after my second panel and I was done. I had had both table signings. Both panels, we'd been to, I ran a meetup, somebody else had a meetup, we did that. I get back to my room after 11. Uh, I guess you guys were out at your hotel, and so Erica was gone. Yeah. And I went to the little marketplace. I got myself a large bag of pita chips, some kind of hummus, might have been red pepper, I don't know. (laughs) And a weird fancy pomegranate soda that I did not like very much, but who cares at that point. I went upstairs put it on the bed and I had this ritual every night where I would take a cool shower and then a hot bath. Like I would have like a double <laughs> well, shower if bath. If you're walking around Dragon Con all day, you might feel like you needed both a cool shower and a hot bath. <laughs> hot bath for my feet. But I was like, look, nobody else in this hotel is taking yeah, showers. Seriously? I'll take their shower. <laughs> like all those dudes who aren't showering, I'll I take know. their showers. Oh, it's, it's fine. So there's water to go around. Nobody else is taking them. It's fine. So, and I had this rosemary scented shampoo that I was using um, as uh, like a body wash to double bubble bath. So I would have this relaxing rosemary, you know, whatever. So I get back on Sunday night and I'm, I'm in the middle of the shower and I, I realized I heard this laughter and I realized that it was me and I was just <laughs> laughing hysterically and I just was like, you did it. You fucking did it. You did it. You did it. High five. High five. (laughs) The highest of fives. We got through this. The scripts got to people. Everything. I I mean, I think. Gotten to. So great, and I really, I really hope that we are both. I I hope that you go again, and I go again. I mean, I'm planning to go again unless anything changes, which I hope not. So I, I really hope that we both get to go again, and that they do more Hannibal stuff because, oh my god, that was so much fun. I, I really hope I'll get to 
to go back this year. I I kind of need a reason to go because I mean it it is a good bit of money. It, it is. It really and is. so it it is. And so and also I've hurt <laughs> hurt my foot. I think I mentioned last uh. month. It's it's getting a little better. But I I may have to have some kind of physical therapy for it. I don't even know. So it's kind of like if I'm going to this, I I need things I need to be doing yeah. there. Give me a thing to do and I'll go. Hopefully, though, if I do get to go, I would be able to possibly do another eyeshadow giveaway. And I, I've kind of been keeping an eye out for, you know, people I can ask, uh, vendors I can ask to give us a good deal on some things. But we are currently working on a uh, a limited edition set of four eyeshadows to come out in May in advance of Hannibal starting up again, which is June 4th That's cool. is when the show comes back. So uh, we are in kind of the development stage of I have, I have pitched some ideas and we'll see what strikes her in terms of formulation. We will have uh, the Twin Peaks stuff we're doing out in July. We're in a much earlier stage on that. She also has um, a flower nymph themed uh collection that's coming out soon and she just had those galactic eyeshadows there's like a second set of those mission mission two i haven't seen those yet so um i think you retweeted something about those today i I, oh yeah Uh, yeah, they're really pretty i like the yeah the girl who did the look i actually saved the picture because i was like that's a cool look you know well, they're they're really vibrant duochromes, and it was funny because I came home from seeing Jupiter Ascending, and I was like, "Space Princess makeup," oh my God. and she hadn't it, seen it. it. I was like, "Space Princess makeup," I'm cool. so excited. Yeah, that's cool. So, so wait, is that so one we'll have that coming out? That's coming out. Uh, the first ten of the Galactic are already out. The second ten will be coming out soon. Okay. So she has tons of stuff I don't even have anything to do with. But in terms of my my involvement, we're going to be having some uh, limited edition Hannibal stuff out in May. And then we would pick up with the, you know, episode by episode, week by week process, I think. And Twin Peaks will be in July. So we're trying to go ahead and get a jump on those. The development process, we kind of have that. But I think we're also releasing that kind of, uh, I think she said gradually. I'm not exactly sure how soon all that's going to come out, but it's exciting. And I will hopefully have some stuff to give away. Well, you know, we, but, could, we could give, uh, maybe we could give something away via made a fail. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> maybe we could. Uh, we'll have to work on the, well, it can't be a raffle. <laughs> well, not in Georgia. I mean, come on now. <laughs> it can't be a raffle. I don't know what the laws in Alabama on, uh, raffling are yeah, specifically no i have no idea dirty sinful gambling we can't have that <laughs> oh my gosh but that'll be cool so um i'm gonna i'm gonna bounce back for a, a minute to uh to to terry in the Discworld just to wrap it up because um i first of all i just because it's both the Discworld which i've loved for so long and terry who i also love um i just can't seem to wrap it up into a neat package of you know why Terry is so awesome in trying to do him justice, but uh, I, d- I am going to collect um, a series of interviews that are online now, but they're in a couple different places that I did with Terry and with his agent Colin Smythe and with Bernard Pearson, who's one of the Discworld 
artist merchandisers and um, with Stephen Briggs who did the um, does the audiobooks in the UK for Terry's books and so I had done um, interviews with uh, the four of them for one of the con to advertise for you know the Discworld con and for one of the cons and then I also have believe it or not in 2008 I did a two hour interview with Terry that has been transcribed but has never actually been posted as an audio file because it's on tapes. It's on little reporter recorder tapes, you know, those little, the, the little tape machine kind of, it's ridiculous. But um, I'm going to digitize it and I'm going to put it up and so I plan to do this collection of interviews and I'll probably post it as like a made a fail post maybe um, or something or I'll link it or something. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, and the 2008 interview, like I did transcribe it and you can read it, but it's so, it's fun to hear him talk, you know, cause it's, it makes it better. So, um, so I'm going to put those up and I was actually, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. I was interviewed um, by the BBC. Uh, it's such a weird, weird thing to be, to be mourning someone who is like a national treasure, an international treasure, and also someone you know. And so then the BBC gets in touch and is like, can we talk to you about... And so so I did a little interview with them that I'll, I'll include as well. Um, and lots of other people have done really, really nice tribute interviews from through the BBC and other, you know, radio shows that have been interviewing folks. Um, so like Stephen Briggs, Jason Anthony, who runs Discworld Monthly, um, which is a newsletter... And Esther Friesner, and then Neil Gaiman. Let's say, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I, I can try to like put links to some of those, and and I have, I've been collecting them. So I'm gonna do a post of all that stuff. People can stay tuned for. But um, you know, there's so much I could say about Terry, but I, I think I'll just say, you know, I, I miss the man. I love him forever, and bless him for embracing my hyper crazy weird hummingbird self and. <laughs> saying yes i'll come to a discworld convention because i mean it literally changed my life and i was so privileged to know him and be his friend so i guess that's that's the only other thing i can think of to say right now terry we miss you <sighs> but but um despite the fact that this has been a little bit of a sad episode here and there we do have uh, a possible next episode topic so um we're not sure exactly what, but the plan is maybe to talk about uh, fandom and nerdiness and all the interactions and connections of that. And we are working on scheduling a very special guest. So if that pans out, I don't want to say it in case I jinx it, but if that pans out, hopefully people will really be excited to uh, hear this person because they're really great. So. That sounds like a very randomly vague kind of topic, but it, if it happens, you'll understand what we're talking about. It, it, It'll make sense. It, it, it makes sense. It goes together. It's all it's all good. <laughs> uh, so we'll be really looking forward to that. I will have to develop some interviewer skills. It'll be exciting. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this evening. This has been episode 77, Made or Fail. Good night. And good luck. You've been listening to Made of Fail with Emily Witten and Cleolinda Jones. For more episodes, please visit www.madeoffail.net. And don't forget to come chat with us on Twitter at, at made underscore of underscore fail 
follow us on Tumblr at madeoffailproductions.tumblr.com and search for Made of Fail Podcast to find our Facebook community page and become our Facebook friend. Yeah, I forget the next couple lines, but uh, there it goes. Come!